Hey everybody, it's time for the third annual Drive All Night Holiday Sparktacular. A silent night with you. But we have one problem. David's lost his Christmas spirit. Everyone will just have to deal with the fact that I've got the midwinter blosses. The mid- the what? Midwinter blosses. <laughs> Blahs, blahs, blah, blahs, blah, 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 It works better on paper. Due to an absolutely unforeseen, unpredictable, and unscripted head wound, we need the ghosts of Tori, past, present, and future, to help him come out of his Christmas funk. Who are you? I am Jacob Marley. <laughs> We've met earlier. All right. I met the guy with you. I. Oh, this is Tori Amos, <laughs> the ghost. That dude. The ghost of Tori Pass. Oh, man. Head over to patreon.com slash songs of Tori Amos for this exclusive episode and to find out if the ghosts of Tori past, present, and future can help David regain his Christmas tide. Once again, that's patreon.com slash songs of Tori Amos to become a supporter today. Bah humbug a martini. I wish you'd stop saying that. That's a cursed phrase in our land. Hi, everybody. Happy New Year. And I'm so thrilled to present this episode to you today. This is a collaboration. This is a crossover with my favorite podcast. You know what? This is like the best moment of my life. This is my favorite podcast, Nympho Wars, with the amazing Theta Hamill and Macy Rodman. You know Theta Hamill from our Glory of the 80s episode. You will know Macy Rodman from our Strange Little Girl season. And they were the loveliest and had me on the show. Can you hear me smiling? Anyway, if you're not already listening to NymphoWars, you need to be listening to NymphoWars. And you also need to run over to patreon.com slash NymphoWarsXXX and support their endeavors. You will not regret it. Anyway, I was so excited to appear on their show. Thanks to the babes for having me. We'll see you next year. We got a lot of big things in store. At least two albums. Two albums? Could we do three albums? What about those four Boys for Pele episodes? Five? Hello, everybody. Hi. Hello, everybody. <laughs> we have a special guest in studio today for a very special <laughs> thing, a new thing. A special end of year special. A special, a special end of year Ellen special <laughs> with our friend of the show, Ephraim. Hi. Ephraim Jr. from Drive All Night, the songs of Tori Amos. <laughs> How's it Thank going, you for flying me in. I really appreciate it. Are you liking Philly? Yes. <laughs> it's where we've made our home. Um, but we we are not here to joke today. We're here to do a Tory roundup from the from for the year from one who knows from one oh. who is plugged oh, in. Oh God! <laughs> but I'm gonna let Macy lead the way here because. Frankly, all of my facts are out of date. I know one new thing, and that's this. <laughs> then I did, frankly, sort of get into this song. So we'll talk about this song. That's a good song. Addition of light divided. <laughs> what speaking, is that? Speaking with trees. Oh, speaking with trees. <laughs> Sorry, but I'm going to call You can down. tell I'm a big ocean to ocean listener. Um, <laughs> like, oh yeah, birthday baby. Right, right, <laughs> right. Um, but Ephraim. Hi. How are you? And I'm well. How are, how are things over at Drive All Night? 
Uh, our sister know, show. They are on pause through the holidays. They'll be back next year. Okay. Finally. I want to say, though, I'm glad that you like Speaking With Trees because I think it gave birth to the grief bop genre. Grief and bop. And she never played it. She never played it? She never played it. Not one time. Wasn't it? That was the lead single, no? It was. Oh. Yeah. That is crazy. Makes no sense. Is it because it's about her mother? That's what we think. Yeah. That's what it's I think. It's too painful. Too tender. Yeah. It's like too, too emotional real. to sing. Too real. That's never. Yeah. Well, she sang about um, whatever. <laughs> 6 a.m. Whatever. She did that all. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was when she was vulnerable. Now she's, you know. I feel like this. I feel That's like when she was reveling in pain. Now she's, right, right. Now she's older and she has to worry about her knee and foot and stuff. <laughs> um, she, did, she did hurt her foot. Yes. But we'll we'll get into uh, the year in Tori in a second. But uh, Efren, what did you guys cover on uh, Drive All Night this year? It was Venus. Venus. We finished yes. Venus, and then on the Patreon, wow. we did a lot of the Little Earthquakes B sides. Yes, we did a few special episodes, and now we are ready to start Strange Little Girls. <gasps> so exciting! Um. Now, is it, am I correct? Are you, did you go all the way back to the beginning and start again? Yeah, we did start <laughs> again. We, when we started, it was like a fangirl show. It was more like a, our opinions and an oh, episode of okay. like 15 minutes. Oh. And as we developed the format, we thought like, there's no reason this old man should have two and a half hours and Precious <laughs> Things gets 10 minutes. So we went back and like to redid them all. <laughs> Frog on my toe gets two hours. (laughs) No, I love the format of the show. It's like so comprehensive. I it was my most listened to podcast on Spotify this year because I'll just I'll listen to it over and over again because you miss something inevitably with this show that long, and then you can go back and just like hear things that you missed and you you go through all the live performances which is so great in perpetuity (laughs) yeah exactly and yeah and then when you've gotten through venus you're like i'm ready to do (laughs) right i need to go back yeah yeah yeah. i feel like the i feel like we are doing uh, we've done this year a corrupted basically through macy's awakening (laughs) Uh, macy's awakening yeah yeah yeah. we've ended up doing a form of of corrupted advocacy for <laughs> our listeners <laughs> but i worry that we're reflecting only the layer of tory that lends itself to um levity ah. and that like that we are reflecting um only the parts of her that are uh, actually yeah that are very funny <laughs> to joke about but i want uh, i want to make sure that we give her her due but yeah. i want to ask <laughs> i want to broadly ask as a, I'm assuming, like a lifelong devotee, because it she has to get in early. Although it's on, in Macy's case, it was in your second wind. Yeah, it, in, I had like a Kundalini years. Kundalini tap, like when someone when someone like gets a an injury on their spine and then suddenly they can see the future. That was yes. like mine. You got the you got the you got the lifelong infusion infusion. Yeah. Very Tory word. <laughs> But I just wanted, I wonder if you wanted to talk a little bit about um, what makes her a figure so worthy of in-depth, like, study. Because I don't think 
every phenomenon in music or in life like actually rewards that kind of attention. But I do think that she does. And I wonder exactly yeah. how or why. What it is what is it? You know, it's always so frustrating when people say like, oh, all her music sounds alike. Back in the day, especially when I was, you know? Yeah. And it's because I felt like she put little pieces of herself into everything. It was so honest. Yeah. And and also like intentionally opaque. And so therefore I could absolutely transfer it, graft it onto my own experience. Yeah. And like any you know, I had my own Billy that I was running after and I had yes. like all of these gay sexual awakenings that seemed like that's what she was writing about. Yeah. And so it um, made such a deep impression. And I felt like it was she was the only person at the time that was singing about or or even talking about these things. Yeah. And so I felt really safe listening to her music. And I felt like it was so it, a, a lot of people thought she thought it all sounded alike and so they would miss the things that i felt i had access to yeah and that gave me sort of like the special key card that i i still to this day feel like is part of my identity it's so weird because it's so in there there is an uh emotional decryption yeah the, 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 it's like that you have a secret key but that the key is not like it's not like an easter egg right. or uh a little uh cool and fact. it's great that not everybody gets it it's great yeah yeah, like, yeah it makes yeah. you feel really uh in tune <laughs> it makes you feel really smart it's very much like when people talk about like um the mu this movement in the Mahler piece of uh, you know it's like I have no idea what you're talking about but I could say that about like Muhammad my friend or something like right. that you know it is like to some people it's like what the fuck are you talking about but yeah there and and I love that there are like waves like you go through like it seemed like she was on such a trajectory too at the very mm -hmm. beginning you know it was just her and the piano and then there was a little bit of instrumentation and then it was the harpsichord and then the band and then electronic and it just seemed to be going yeah those waves that like you could identify her electronic period and you could identify like you could really just sink into it and there was so much material at the yeah. beginning she was just releasing b-side after b-side and it was really great that's why i do think that you know the um i do feel like the librarian motif or whatever is effective for yes, her yeah. discography because it's like a, a big a uh, roomy library full of shelves mm. and that and it has that kind of possibility of pulling something random off the shelf and i feel like she she relates to her catalog in that way and mm. and it rewards that kind of attention it's like you yeah. get lost a little bit in the labyrinth the the big question that i have though just generally historically is how was this allowed to happen? I mean, yeah. this never happens in pop music. This is it's un, totally unprecedented. I, I think there's a level of flirt. You know, she's always been she when she was younger, people she talks about herself as being such a flirt and people I really think that she had the same charm that we feel like she has now. She had yeah. then in yeah. such a raw version. And when she signed, she signed like a an unprecedented seven record, I think, deal or eight record deal with Atlantic at the beginning. Uh, Why can't Tori Reid being the first one? That was the Whoa. first in her contract. That was her first in her contract. Yeah, and they let her wow. because she, I guess, was so she like really had a handle on Doug Morris, and she was like, "This is what I want to do," and she, you know, 
reinvented herself for Little Earthquakes. That was her second record on her contract. Tavinas and Back was two records on the contract. So like she oh, had this because the live and the yeah and the new oh my god. There's a story about her mom like having a dream. You know, by the end of her contract, she wanted to get out of the contract because they yeah. were promoting her, and her mom had this dream and said, "You need to go to the contract." And so she looked at the contract and realized that she could release a covers album as like there was no stipulation against it, and a live oh. album there was no stipulation against it. So she was able to give and to venus and back by the way is 11 tracks only so she was really holding back her original material by the end yeah but in the beginning she was so like i think just so charming that they let her get away with whatever and she was so you know they they felt like they didn't understand her but they knew that somebody would you know so right i, I like it yeah, yeah it's it has the when you look back at her old performances on Letterman or Montreux or something like that, and you see how she's behaving with people, it, it, it's kind of the same feeling as like when Lady Gaga came out and everyone had to weigh in on it. Everyone had to like have an opinion on Lady Gaga. And like, you know, I'm not comparing them like content wise, but it's like, it's skill wise, it's a phenomena that like, People were just like, what the fuck? Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. Did you see the interview with her and Greg Kinnear where she talks about being a Viking and another, like, that's a wild interview. Greg like, Kinnear. Greg this Kinnear had a I show in 94. Yeah. Oh. So, yep. <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> well, I, re I remember that she had, I remember, so, like, the, I don't know, have I talked to you? I think we talked, I, may, maybe I spoke to you about this a little bit, that the, the first thing that I saw of her was the, it was like the behind the scenes mm -hmm. boys for Pele thing where she talks about the little, the little silver thread that yeah. comes through on my little red head. <laughs> and like from across the galaxy. And like, I remember I downloaded that from Kaza from peer to peer. And I got a grainy version of it. And I went, what the fuck? I was like, she's a goddess. She's talking to the, she's talking to the, to the cosmos. And then I remember I saw a line a little bit later of her when she went, um, I played kooky for the Brits. <laughs> I, she goes, I played kooky for the Brits early in my career, and it really served me very well. I was like, you little devious. I love that about her, though, because she is savvy and she yeah. like she is kind of ruthless in certain ways. And I mean, especially back then, it's like she did. She seemed like kind of a huge bitch like which i love <laughs> you know in a way like not all the time but like not afraid to be that you know yeah. and like not afraid to be um knowing and and it's um, part of her magdalene side yeah yeah the harlot. The, two Mary's. the biggest yeah. section in the library <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, uh, but so I had no idea that why can't Tori read that it was the first in her contract. Yeah, so it's the first in her contract. And, you know, by the time they recorded that album, the band, why can't Tori read was no longer. So like the band had split up. So by it, the time they recorded the mm -hmm. album, why can't Tori read? So yeah. it was all her and a bunch of studio musicians. Basically. Yeah. And then a couple of members of the band came in and recorded their parts, but they never really played as a band wow. after that album. Yeah. And which and when she they did like one show, right? They did supposedly two shows. There's like okay. competing information. We interviewed mm. Steve Caton, the guitarist, and he said two shows. Caton was in Why Can't Tori Read? Yes, he and he, oh, he, okay. he got kicked out of. He didn't record most of the guitars on that album. He recorded oh. some of the guitars on that album. So it's oh, like a okay. 
It's sticky. <laughs> now, I mean, this, speaking of sticky, I mean, we could get into Steve Caton a little bit. Caton. Who <laughs> you interviewed. Who I interviewed, we put together, I put together a two and a half hour interview called from 24 hours of sitting with him. What? Are you kidding me? Three, no, it was three days. And it was Christmas Eve 2016, <gasps> New Year's Eve 2016, <gasps> and then one week after that 2017. Wow. Eight hours each time. And I was like, can you please get to the point? Oh, he likes that. <laughs> He likes to spin a yarn. It was it was tangential. Yeah. It was and there was a lot of like off the record stuff that we'd have to like oh. stop our thing. And I'm like, oh you know what? I should God. have said no off the record. Let's yeah. put it all there. Speak on the record, Steve Caton. Right. Come on, Steve. Uh, yeah. All right. We're speak to history what, here. What was the environment? Were you like at a bar? Or? No, no, no. This was I had like a little this was in my old apartment. I had like a little uh, recording studio bedroom area. Uh -huh. So we had like three desks set up with three blue Yeti microphones. Oh, <laughs> Oh. Sorry. Right. <laughs> Shout out to Blue Yeti. Shout out to Blue Yeti, sponsor yes. of the program. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's amazing that you got Kate, Steve Caton on the record. He said that no one had ever asked him that when I asked him to do the show, because I knew him, so, not socially, but I knew him through the tour and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I asked him if he wanted to do an episode. He said he jumped on it, but then when we were talking, he said no one had ever asked him. I said, why haven't you told your story? He said no one ever requested it. That is so, crazy because to like a Tory fan, Katen is like yeah. a mythic figure, a mythic but like name. truly to anyone else, it's like, who? Who? Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> No offense, but I was—I yeah. remember beginning so sad. I was like, "Well, so did you? You were able to attend those shows with the full band with a guitar." Sure did. That like I was I when I was, was a child. So, I was young. We're young. We're young. We had Katen. <laughs> <laughs> but those like shows, like really, I'm like that. I would have given anything to see. They were because I do think that the guitar added something. Yeah, they, they were incredible. Really yeah. blended in. It really fit with her. It really allowed her to sort of to sail up. There was something know, about there. his specific like interaction with her where he wrapped around her. He yes, didn't, like drive it. He just sort of at, like did atmospherics and he wrapped around it in such a way that I think all the guitar players she's used since then, her husband and then Dan Phelps on the 07 tour, they're yeah. just playing like the riffs and it's not quite mm. like the, it doesn't give you the full. It has to wrap it. around her dynamically as she wrap around at, her. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The, and it's like, it's like very interesting that the thing, again, just going back to the miracle of her career in the first place and the longevity of it and like paying fitting tribute uh, to the fact of, of her intent, like her intent, her deliberate pursuit mm -hmm. of it. Like mm -hmm. it is just remarkable given the fact that her special set of talent is, I don't know how to put this, sort of special needs. Like you can't just get like a fucking studio guitarist to come out there and be like, da, 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 da. Oh, you right. could, like you, which you could do. I mean, speaking of making the comparison between a totally inappropriate comparison between uh, Lady Gaga, <laughs> like Tori, like Lady Gaga goes to Guitar Center and just gets some guy with long hair and an axe, uh, fucking guitar to go on tour with her. She's like, you know, Tori really needed a band that would 
wrap around her yeah. style. She has how to drive it. She's ri- it's important that she's the one in charge, like yes. musically. That's how it's written. So and she, yeah. you can see in her like in the footage when she's working with her band that they just have that that they're really taking cues off of her that she's conveying. She's I love when I see her signal with her face. Mm-hmm. To yeah, she does like a carry, like a carry she, thing. Well, she like, used to do, yeah, she does the eyes now, which is like, that's the evolution. She used to do this. It was oh, always hand up, hand like when the improv was like in its last round, she would do this. <gasps> then she would do this when the improv was in its last round. Tapping her, like head. Tapping her head. yeah. Now it's just the eyes. Just the big eyes. Yeah. But now her uh, bass player is the musical director, so she takes John cues Evans. off him. Yeah, which oh. is really strange and weird to see, yeah. And I she like added Ash oh, yeah. Sewin to the live yeah. band. Yeah. Who's Ash that? Sewin. Is he the new the drummer? drummer? Yeah. What happened to Ch- Matt Chamberlain? Can you speak he on that? He was ready to tour on the Ocean Ocean tour, but because <gasps> of COVID, it got pushed back. And then he was uh, unavailable because he was with, I think, Joss Stone or something. Joss Stone. Joss Stone. Oh, he's somewhere. She needed so he, had, he couldn't do it. She needed it. Joss Stone. Tori, I can't. I got I to gotta go with Joss. <laughs> Sorry. Well, that's actually very encouraging to hear because I was worried that they had had a falling out or something. No, no, no. Because I was just like, oh, he is the greatest drummer. She even did like a press release like, oh, we're bringing on Ash Sewin with Maddie's blessing. That's beautiful. Because he, he, I mean, he was like, he worked with every, he like worked with David Bowie. He Mm. like is the greatest. He is amazing. Anyway, his social media following was larger than hers at the beginning of tour. Like he really encouraged her to do all the social media posts that they were doing all tour long. Yeah, he's really yes. great with it. Which I feel like were she huge. figured out his social. I feel like she. This was uh, getting to the uh, in the year in Tory. Sure. This was the year that Tory sort of worked social media in a new and Absolutely. novel way. She got her lo- she got a look together. She looks she fantastic. Look. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. She, yeah, she started the year with these uh, beautiful kind of lakeside, oceanside portraits uh, <laughs> with a new, um, a new hairdo and some kind of sheer robes and stuff. Is that um, the one with her with the wine? There's one with wine. Oh, there's one with Lord. glitter pants in a tree. Oh there's yeah, one with her- sugar sand. Yeah, <laughs> there's one where she's in just kind of a white long linen shirt with a sun hat, showing a lot of feet. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I love this one where she's in a just a hat. Oh yeah, <laughs> on the boat. <laughs> I yeah. love that one. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I mean, w- this was kind of surprising. No. Do we this, know like, who is driving this? Do we think it's coming from Tori herself? Let's do social media right, guys. I think it's coming from Kavita, her stylist. Kavita! Kavita on tour. She's the one who's really like taking the pictures and yeah. doing all the things. And then I think her daughter, like if it's mm. oh. if her daughter's home, her daughter's doing a lot of it too. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. I like I that. I think that she was <laughs> such, she's been such a, I think that Tori suffers from like an old, music business mentality where it's like album tour album tour and i told macy this before is that she she did 70 she did this like teaser where she said 72 hours and then 48 hours and 36 hours and then at the end of that it was an announcement for an album it wasn't even a drop of an album it was an announcement for an album coming six months later right so it was like it's an (laughs) old mentality i think that um 
I think that the people that she has around her now are really driving her to like experience social media in a new way. Because before yeah. 2014, it was just a selfie every night before every show. <laughs> selkie selfie. Selkie selfie. And then in one, you could see that her daughter was actually taking it. Her hand was just out. <laughs> oh, oh my God. She would hold her hand up. She would like hold her hand out. And in the mirror, you saw Tosh was actually taking the picture. That is kind of showbiz. There, there is beautiful. something very like kind of showbiz and like... Uh, uh, smoke and mirrors yeah. that she loves, which I really appreciate. But those thoughty milfy beach pics were kind of uh, to announce the second half or new portion yeah, the second of the leg the of the Ocean US, Ocean tour. Yeah. So yeah. was the first leg twenty twenty two? Is that or is that earlier this year? I I need I need the, the year. The first leg was twenty twenty two. It was weird. The first leg ended up being only six shows in the oh. UK. <laughs> Which in the UK. To, yeah, they were supposed to come at the end of Europe, but Europe got canceled. Okay. So just, she did just those six. But and you then, went to those, no? I did go to those, yeah. Yeah. Yes. How were the how were the crowds? How were the shows? Um, the UK crowds, don't trust them. Uh, you know, it was the first <laughs> shows after COVID. And oh, okay. so we all were probably not in our best voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know I wasn't. Um, and we were all, you know, we were all probably just nervous to be together again. Yeah. So I'm yes. glad that she did. Yeah. Those were really rough shows, but you know, I'm glad that she did them and I'm so. They had band. They were band. They had band. Full band. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. And what to you, I mean, uh, speaking as candidly as possible, like what to you is the range of rough show to like sublime show on, on, on average, like when a show goes wrong, what exactly is going wrong? Not to dwell on the negative. Um, I think like when a show, I think when she thinks the show goes wrong, it's because she's fucked up lines or she's fucked up. I think those are the best parts because it, yeah, it really right. puts her back in the moment and like we are cheering and it's like, I think those are the greatest shows. I think when yeah. a show goes wrong, it's because she's too nervous and too in her head to really yeah. get out of there, to yeah. get out of that space. So, um, you know, I think that you know, it had been it had been five years since she'd performed. Wow. And so I think she was okay. super nervous in UK to yeah. come out and you could see her hands shaking during the <gasps> show. And that oh was my wild. god. I'd never seen that before. So I think that's and what made it really so I think it made it rough. But as those six went on, by the time we got to Ireland, those last two shows were yeah. phenomenal. So yeah. Oh amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And she she's is really st- like a perfectionist. Like really? when she fucks something up, she's like, Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <You know? laughs> yeah. She's very. I gotta start it over. Gotta herself. start it over. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. In the, I guess, for people who haven't been to see a sh- her live, like when it's really cooking, like, can you maybe give an account of what it feels like? Because it's a very unique. I feel like I have experienced, it and it's a very unique type of show going that I've what never. To- what tour did you see her on? The only two times I've really seen her was on, uh, I saw her, uh, we've talked about this, and you sent me like the bootleg of it. I, mm. I saw her on American Doll Posse right. show. Oh, so cool. And I Who lo- was she? just loved it. But I forget. She. I think it was Santa. I'm not oh. sure. She came, she <laughs> opened with You Can Bring Your Dog. That's what I remember. Oh yeah, Santa. Yeah, so she, cool. and um, and then I saw her on the classical music tour, and uh, oh. and, and and that also achieved a crazy sublime uh, mm-hmm. thing where she played Siren. I feel like she played mm-hmm. Siren at the end, and like, but I my anecdotal experience is very minimal. 
but to just talk about what the shows are like when they're at their best because it's clearly like a something that can invoke a lifelong commitment almost addiction mm-hmm. to the pursuit of that feeling i'll take you to like um red rocks this year which i think was her best show in a yeah. very long time and red rocks is ten thousand people and whoa it was cool. it was absolutely cool and i think maybe half of those people um are people that always go to red rocks no matter what the show is oh. wow but, they, but it, no one left it was really um <laughs> when a show is <laughs> when a when a show is amazing she's firing on all cylinders i think that there's just this like weirdly um uh, intuitive connection between the band like they are just riffing the band they're riffing they're playing yeah. with each other and she's looking into the crowd and she's pulling energy from yeah. anyone that she can see and because red rocks was m- mostly natural light she can see everybody yeah and it didn't it didn't make it didn't seem to make her nervous she seemed really just powerful yeah and i don't know it's like seeing it's like uh, it's like listening to the best nympho wars podcast when everything is firing on all <laughs> cylinders I haven't, had, I haven't had one of those in a while and you're just dying laughing and you're there with the fly lady and like it's just working that's what it is that's it's just it is. everything firing on all cylinders yeah. I, I do think that feedback loop that she can get into with the audience is a very amazing thing where you really do i th- there have been shows where I mean, I have not gone to no shows, (laughs) but not to go to tits, hips and whatever the fuck that, that old comparison tits, lips. And what is it? Tits. Oh, um, and NME was it? The one where it's her and Bjork and PJ Harvey, whatever. Going back to that. Oh yeah. The Q magazine. I've seen at least two PJ Harvey shows where she might as well have been performing in a lead container, like a lead (laughs) box. And like, we are just there getting a video feed. Uh, like and it's like well i'm enjoy i'm admiring this and i'm really feeling even quite amazing but but i'm not plugged in i'm not in the circuit mm-hmm. and yeah. she does have this ability to like look out close the circuit and like send everybody sailing. you can't ignore too that there is the component of meet and greets where you get to make your requests so you are yes. there waiting for your song you're pl- you're plugged in because you're like is she gonna do my number and then if she does it like that's it can you talk us through meet and greet culture the meet and tory meet <laughs> and greet culture i've which i've never been a part of but i've i it's legendary and it our is. listeners might not quite know exactly about it it used to be um it's always between when she arrives at the venue and when she goes into sound check it's like that walk in yeah and it used to be just her getting off the bus <gasps> and a, a bunch of people would congregate and then eventually barricades got set up in like 96 uh, 98 99 yeah. got really really intense and yeah. she would come out and sign and talk and really have a way of holding space for you even though there was like a hundred people behind you she would really like hear you and see you wow and that sort of vibe went through 2011 and then she started doing it like in the lobby and people would come in one at a time so you'd have a private moment with her but she didn't do any in 2022 or 2023 at all due to covid yeah because i think her insurance rider was like you can't oh insurance 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 this fucking insurance but how but you've been to you've been to like 200 tory shows right yeah i think i'm at one i was the last I remember, it was at 187, something like that. Wow. And yeah. so how many times do you think you've actually, like, 
talked to or gotten a request in. Me too. I was and never, greeted. you know what? No, I maybe a dozen. Like I've never. Okay. I know people who are li- there every day who <sighs> like make the travel plans around that. And yeah. sometimes I'm in their car, but I'm always like in the back. I'm always like, <laughs> I don't have. I never felt like I had anything to give or to that I needed from her except for the music. Yeah. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So I never, I mean, there have been a couple times where I'm like, oh, please play this song. I want to hear Hotel Solo. I want to hear yeah. this or whatever. But um, she, and she says she appreciates letters because it helps her to like. I've heard her say that before because she's yeah. like, I'll read them on the bus and I can actually spend a moment with yeah. them and I'm not worried about the next person. Exactly. And, stuff. That does and that's what sense. 2022, 2023 was all about. And also they had, um, my friend David was there with an iPad and he would mm-hmm. edit these videos together. He would he was doing the meet and greets basically. Wow. And then sending her like a video. Sending her a video of the meet and greets. Yeah. Of the so greeting. It was, it was it was, you know, you we adjusted, but yeah. Letters I think she always prefers. But I had this one experience with her. Uh, my first time meeting her was in Houston O one. Strange strange where, little tour. Yeah. Okay. And I asked for way down on Halloween night. <gasps> and she said, Ooh. Oh, interesting choice. <laughs> and, and she, she like, tapped her, her nose. nose like that. <laughs> but then didn't play it. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> God. And then um, in O two, no, later in O one in Salt Lake City, I asked for Woodstock by Joni Mitchell. Oh. And she didn't play it, but she played River. <laughs> And I'm like, oh. it's not the same. <laughs> kind of, uh, yeah, she's meeting you halfway. So yeah, I was, uh, I was negged at my first meet and greet, so I stopped going. It's okay. That's that creates uh, <laughs> that creates a, a lifelong commitment, devotion, yeah. <laughs> a grudge. It glues, a grudge, a it glues grudge. you in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how ma- and how many shows did you get to this this year? Um, I did all of the U.S. tour in 2022. Uh-huh. Uh, except for four, because I had I got COVID. Ah, oh, fuck! Can you believe it? Awful. Yeah. I did the six UK, and then in this US tour, I only I did all of Europe, and then I did three on the second US leg. So I think it was probably like 60, 50. That's amazing. So cool. And Is you this... graciously released your tickets for New York for me and Charlene to go. Oh, I wish they could have been show. front row. Had I been there, I had a commitment that weekend. But if I'd been there, I would have been able to help you get front row. I would have it was been... so amazing. Well, next time. We'll, next we'll time. go again. <laughs> and I tried to get Theta there as well. But... I think I was out of town. I was living in or- oh, Oregon. Yeah, right. I had actually, I, I, I had the worst Tory luck. I was in Oregon for the New York shows and in New York for the Oregon shows. Um, and now who knows when I'll be able to ever see it again. Supposedly it's going about... to be a while. Oh, a while? Yeah. Is she... I'm thinking like... 2025, maybe 2026. That's what I've heard. I mean, she probably wants to make a new Well, she, she's probably going to get a lot of material out of this Election. But speaking of the tour this year, yes. one of the other big Tory moments of the year was the foot injury. Oh, oh fuck. my God. <laughs> Which I will say, that was my first time seeing Tory live, but Charlene was like, she's on pills right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I couldn't really tell, but she was like, yeah, that was not her at her full capacity. Yeah. She was out of she it. She tripped up going upstairs tell. in Amsterdam, I think. Oh, she no. Little Amsterdam. Never missed a performance. Again, she she's only missed two performances in her entire career. Oh, what? my God. For what? Yeah. 
One, I think she got vocally sick and um, she rescheduled that one. It was in London. And okay. then one, she walked off the stage in the middle of the show <gasps> crying. Oh, that's like a legendary one, yeah, right? Why? But Do then she know? came back out. She said that she was really ill. She said that she either had to go to the hospital or come back out and do the show. So she chose to come do the show. But according to Steve Caton, he was like waiting for news. Like what's going on? Yeah. He and was he still standing on stage? Hotel. No, he walked oh, to the hotel. Okay. And then they had to call him and say, come back. She's going ah! back. So, yeah. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. But that's it. But She's that. Like, Profesh. That's rumored to be part of the writing of Hey Jupiter. Is that the thing? I think so, yeah. No, no, no. no, um, I think that has a lot to do with... um, You know, it it was uh, October 96. I think she might have been pregnant. Oh, okay. Yeah, that led to Uh the miscarriage. Uh Uh-huh. Damn. Um, All right. Well, speaking of (laughs) physical physical harm on our... Is there any other injuries we know about? No. Any other? Uh, <laughs> well, she did have two, three new releases this year. The first tequila. one. You're thinking about tequila. The first one was tequila. Which was. Oh, yeah, it Paul is. Paul Wolford, Paul Wolford remix. Yeah. yeah, it's a remix of Devil's Bane. <laughs> kind of a Fire Island remix of Devil's Bane. I just would like nothing more than to for you to bump this on Fire Island. <laughs> We're doing it's... a Fire Island winter retreat. We'll be playing this <laughs> on the beach as we get rained to death. It's so funny because, I mean, that she was, for a moment, kind of like people thought she was going to be like a involved in like electronica dance music because of professional widow Mm -hmm. and she kind of she did it her own way eventually but like tori's voice does not lend to a clean remix Uh, you know everything she says sounds like blah yeah yeah Yeah. so it's like if you're repeating that over and over again it's like even professional widow and got a man it's like you you really have to train your ear it uses almost like a drum sample the way that you would take like the sound of a train or something and and just hit it as a beat suggestive lyrics are just like kind of a reward if you um you train your ear enough to like figure out what they're saying cipher it but then the mother mary uh china white section it's just like that is just like sounds like choral if you've never heard the actual <laughs> song but it's just like yeah. Yeah. you know it's like but wait I, why did this work so well then this is the best thing i've ever heard it's so fucking good <laughs> Like this, absolutely. she absolutely should. Absolutely, um, with it's no so like, good. don't reorchestrate, like, don't reorchestrate, just take all of these songs <laughs> that they have, like, top line uh, ladies mm-hmm. on, and just have Tori do it. And then mm-hmm. she can just, I mean, she's not trying to she get out of a to... contract, so we don't have any incentive <laughs> for her to do like a phone it in project, but right. she needs to go back and actually do that cover she threatened to do, Fear of a Black Planet. I know, oh my <laughs> god, that'd be amazing. <laughs> Wait, what is this? I don't know about this. It's an NWA song called Fear of a Black Planet. And she <sighs> said she was going to do it for Strange Little Girls. And she said, I couldn't find my way into it. <laughs> <laughs> now, I was, wor- um, I was working on it for a long time, but I couldn't find my way into it. <laughs> <laughs> 
down. Well, okay. So So instead she did Eminem. Oh, and yeah. then she did she did Eminem. Yeah. Bum, 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 bum. She found her way into that one. My <laughs> God. I love that one. Um Okay. Now I'm trying to think. I wanna ask Theta a question. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You've been in Detorimus for a very long time. Do you? How do you feel about Macy's new <laughs> foray into Tori? I think it's the most beautiful thing because I, was... I really, it's almost like uh, how they say that it's very hard to, it's almost like a language that has to be mm -hmm. learned uh, when the tongue is still labile or something. And they, I've experienced so much frustration in life trying to get, through to people on it and you just can't and people are very proud to to be indifferent like they're mm -hmm. they're very very proud of the indifference yeah. and like i this was this the most the most amazing thing about it uh was that i had nothing to do with it it was a totally spontaneous emergence <laughs> of this like tory consciousness for macy and i thought it was just amazing because it proves to me weirdly it's like proves the worth of the catalog yes. or that that it doesn't have to happen purely as a result of adolescent trauma <laughs> that, yeah. that, oh, like, sure. that it can bloom on its own merit. Maybe now also that it's acquired all of this weight of like a real historical body of work, like, mm -hmm. you know, 30 year. Yeah. It feels kind of like biblical of now. It's like the, the, all the periods are there and it's like, you can dig into it like art history, yeah. you know? It's really it's a really exciting catalog to spelunk through, you know. I feel the same way. I've, I've had such a disappointing time trying to get people into Toriamus that I just don't do it anymore. If yeah. they can get themselves through the door, I will yeah. Sherpa you through. <laughs> I will give you the best performance of every track, but I yes. yeah, I feel like I had nothing to do with it either. I think that your interview on uh, the Glory of the 80s episode, which is still my favorite of all time. <gasps> oh, great. So good. I think that's kind of, I think that kind of opened the door. Absolutely. Absolutely it was, yeah. Because um, you, I mean, I knew I was becoming friends with Efrain, and so I knew obviously about the podcast and would get little snippets. But then I listened to Gloria the '80s episode, and I mean, it's also just such a um, such an example of how effective your podcast is <laughs> yeah. because you're breaking it down. You get the interview clips where she's talking about being in the hotel bar. Or, yeah. The performing at Marriott's and stuff. And then you hear Theta talk about it and um, talk about how it's, kind of different from the rest of her catalog and then you go huh well what's the rest of her catalog like you know it's like right. it's like such a it really captures the rabbit hole that mm -hmm. is that tori's so great for you know <laughs> well she it is it is literally a rabbit hole phenomenon or a narnia phenomenon it was like you, yeah. you have to stumble in it's almost like you have, i feel like you have to stumble in and like there's a weird it's always like a weird uh sideways initiation like, mm -hmm. although I do remember, like, it, it it is one of those things. I was never, what do you say? The, it was an it was a girl in high school, two years older, turned out later to be a wonderful lesbian, <laughs> <laughs> who like you know like slipped me a CD or whatever, like uh, a a rip or a copy of uh, Choir Girl, and. Um,
And be, and before that, it, I had heard it because there were CDs around. It was the 90s. You put on a CD. It's a woman on the cover. You say, I want to listen to this. I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gay. There's a woman on the cover. And, the, and actually, but the first one I listened to was Boys for Pele. And I just like couldn't penetrate because it's all actually it's really yeah. absent it's context. It's a dense text. Yeah. Um, but then like you're at a certain phase of puberty, a, a pretty older girl like slips you a CD and then you listen to it and then you go, holy mother of God. And then you find that Kazakh and suddenly you're in Narnia uh, forever. Although not quite forever. Cause I did feel like a, I did feel like a, an ejection from Narnia period mm. or it's like almost like an Oedipal thing where, cause mm. she dominated my, she was my entire influence of everything. She was like the entire galactic center of my understanding of everything that was good. And, um, and then part of becoming free is to kill the mother. Separate or, from the mother. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you have to. Yeah. Cut the umbilicus and yeah and start to see them with a little distance, but then the full circle is to the full ocean to ocean is to return to the mother with the mother with perspective and understanding and, uh, depreciation for the gift of it, which was the gift. Honestly, the gift, the primary gift was of emotional catharsis and sincerity at once. Mm -hmm. And I really feel that that is music at its best when listened to by young people is an encounter with sincerity and emotional intensity that can match the thing they're feeling. Yeah. And it seems like the one thing really that the music industry is now incapable of producing, like incapable of bringing into the world because they're trying desperately to, it's like, that is the thing that Gen Z is trying to do so hard is to, form a legitimate emotional connect Olivia Rodrigo 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 Jenna Ortega yeah Olivia Rodrigo Carpenter Sabrina Carpenter there's all these like kind of singer songwriters Kate Macrae uh, Taylor Swift it's like Taylor mm. Swift is trying to do a singer songwriter thing and it's just like it doesn't it all feels so self-conscious so navel gazing mm. and tori just doesn't feel like that at all it feels like and maybe it is her use of like metaphorical imagery or like the way that she writes is labyrinthine enough to like allow the real emotion to come out and the and if you are not doing that, then you're still going to be self-conscious about what you're saying, you know? Yeah, and it's also that she was beholden to nobody, and so she yeah. was right. able to put out exactly what she wanted in the way that she wanted to. She didn't have to, like... Um, there's stories where the on Boys for Pele, uh, some record execs came to Ireland to hear what she'd been working on. Yeah. And, you know, um, Walk to Dublin, which didn't end up coming out for 10 years after that on, I actually the, don't on a piano. Much. It's this weird harpsichord weird harpsichord track that got shelved because they were like oh let's put let's make this the single let's put guitars on it and she's like go fuck yourself and then she just shelved it oh wow so and then she forgot about it and it didn't come out for 10 years so but they were gonna make it a single yeah but it's so weird i don't know oh, okay. it's the only thing i think it was the only thing that had a beat that they were trying to like oh, oh. that's so funny the how was she able to i mean how is it just literally a matter of like the sluggishness of 
old media, like pre-internet, like that you would have to go to d wherever she was recording. Maybe. To listen to the recordings in progress. Like, how was she able to get away with that? And then- I think the devotedness of her fans. Ah. She, we, her <laughs> fan base at that time would follow her anywhere. And yeah. she would go platinum immediately wow so yeah and it was until she's a huge yeah. selling artist i feel like it's easy to forget this well i mean you, you macy brought up taylor swift so like yeah. in the modern day i feel like maybe not so much but back in the day back like, in the day yeah but consistent selling artist yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and and she i think she mentioned this like during strange little girls era she was like i can do whatever the fuck i want because i never owe the record label money oh. she's like i do things within the budget that i know how to work with and i always make a profit you know because she is got she has her own studio so she never yes. has to rent studio time she never has to do anything yes like that. and yeah. she's got her whole family and work in there <laughs> yeah she pays her <laughs> backup singers her daughter tosh is on <laughs> swimming pools yeah, oh, oh, yeah, she, she is. is. So yeah, good. Yeah, because when I ripped it with the AI thing, I was like... You found a little her. Tosh vocal. I found a little... <laughs> <laughs> Christina Aguilera yeah. in the background. No, is it... Can you... This is like a trivial thing. So when did they build Martian, and what were the circumstances? Do you know the circumstances? Was it to create independence? Yes. And to be away from the suits. Yeah, I think 100%. They built it in 1997, right when she married her husband. Mac. Mac Aladdin. Mac Aladdin. <laughs> yeah, and she said it was his studio. It's basically his studio. Yeah. I think for tax reasons. I see. Um, yeah, <laughs> it is. But um, they, they built it back then. Choir Girl was the first album recorded in, yeah. the, in Martian. Oh. I, think, um, I think Bachelorette was the first song recorded. I think. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. But um, so, and she's recorded there ever since. I think that maybe Gold Dust being the exception. Um, uh, yeah, because yeah. she needed a big orchestra. Yeah. And nobody else records there, right? This is, this there have been some people. Some there people. Been, there was a, there was a weirdo fan who rented space there. <laughs> Rented space. Rented, rented space and just recording. Uh, <laughs> the recording is like happy birthday. With <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a little yeah. child xylophone. Yeah. It's an album of covers. <laughs> and, uh, oh an yeah, album there of, you go. Uh, standards. The American songbook. Happy birthday. Yeah, little Gee. row row your boat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they had got that Martian sound. Anyway, I guess well, I did like this thread that we were talking about though, in terms of the music of the young. Here's what I'll say, not in the spirit of closing but in the spirit of extrapolating still more from what we're talking about all, all old people are are dismayed by the uh the music of the young right so now i'm an old person i listen to the music of, of the young and i am dismayed i am uh, i'm i'm yeah. very appalled because of this uh this this feeling of just like being totally disoriented by the lack of sincerity like that i don't know where even i don't know where sincerity is supposed to enter into the equation because there there seems to be like no room in the industry as it's currently constructed for sincerity to emerge through a weird crack in the system, which to me seems like the only way to account for the emergence of a figure like Tori into the world or a lot. I mean, a lot of other people who came up in a different time of the music industry. Now, 
you just have something worse than insincerity, in my opinion. Like, who's insincere? Again, let's go back to the well. Gaga! Ah! Okay. Insincere. Insincere. Let's compare. Let's talk about it. Okay. What was what was what was, what was Lady Gaga's whole deal? She put, she she's a liar, right? She claimed that she could play the piano and she can't play the piano. She's a ham. She can't play the piano even not one bit. Okay. And then she lied and pretended to be like a cool fashion person. She was like, yeah, right. fashion. I was like, cool. It was like she's a a geek and a dark. Yeah. All right. Then four or five years into it, suddenly she starts to be, she's like, no, you don't understand. I'm a person. I'm sincere. You don't understand. I'm crying. I'm trauma. I'm I'm trauma. I'm trauma. I'm sad. I'm trauma. And I believe that she is sad, right? But she also still can't play music. She can't write from her place of sadness. She can only generate from a place of insincerity. This is not why we have Efrain here to talk about. I agree, though. I'm here for this. I agree. And, but in a weird way, this is like prototypical now of what, what, of what happens. It's like y- you can get through the door through this swirl of insincerity and artifice, constructing a, a persona that will convince people like, oh, there's cachet here in this person. Yeah. And then gradually, as you feel maybe your cachet start to diminish, you try to play first one card, then another to show yourself as a person that you have wounds, that you have damage, you have an emotion that you're trying to relate to people on the basis of, oh, it's actually quite traumatizing to be a Disney star. <laughs> oh, I had a dead aunt who I never oh, met. Oh, I have a dead aunt. No, I have a gay uncle. <laughs> I have a gay uncle. I have a gay uncle that there's no photos of. And the, and um, and and so then it's almost like the AI. It's like to me it reminds me of when the jet blue. This is such a stupid uh, millennial memory, but you know the computer. When you would talk to the computer, it used to be like an ATM, and it'd be like, "Money? Do you accept the fee? Yes, no, yes, no. <laughs> Money dispensing change." <laughs> then I remember when Jet Blue came out. Part of the innovations of the 2000 the wonderful jet blue <laughs> i'm sorry suddenly the terminal started going hey there you go to the terminal and be like hey oh. there bienvenidos what's up how can we help you today mm, oops sorry we don't have a reservation under that name but i'm sure it's our fault like the machine started talking to you in that way yeah <laughs> And like that is what i feel a lot of music is trying to do now right now it's like wait a minute You've been on Biotin since you were 11, and you're a Disney star, and now you're trying to talk to me. You're talking to me, trying to talk to me in the language of feeling. Well, it's all all focused on trying to be unimpeachable. Also, it's like I have the yeah. it, like I have these intense feelings that I was wronged and my heart is broken, and I was right in everything, or I was wrong, but. Isn't it amazing that I know that? Like, it's like, isn't you it, yeah, have isn't to... it amazing? Aren't I amazing? Yeah. And there's just not that with Tori, I don't think. I feel you like know? it's very, it would be very hard to, tr- to, this is what is interesting to Square because she was able to work the system in her way, mm-hmm. like really well. Mm-hmm. But I don't see anything opportunistic in her music. Mm-hmm. No. I don't see yes. any angle there. She never played, yeah, she never played for radio. She never did anything. 
I don't, I can't explain it either, except for, I mean, the music industry was different and how she got in and was able to do, I, I really don't know. I would say that today there's so much sincerity. There's like, it's too much, you know. From it's her, at, from the world. No, not from her, from the world. And so it's really hard to parse through um, that that all the sincerity does feel insincere. It just, just feels so... Maybe that's what it is. It's a pastiche. It's an aesthetic yeah. of sincerity. It's an We're aesthetic of sincerity. confessionality. It's a goon. It's a goon. It's a gooning. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's a gooning of sincerity. It's a gooning of sincerity. and uh, But we still actually need to feel things. And we need the apparatus of music to feel things. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself, honey. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm trying to grope. Maybe I'm trying to grope too much for a. No, no, no. You know, Birthday Baby summary. was my way into Ocean to Ocean. I really was going through a tough time. It's so funny because when I was coming out of the closet, yeah. um, Little Earthquakes found me, Boys from <gasps> Pele found me, and it yes. really helped me. Sorry, that's not the It word. helped me through that. But I was going through. In 2023. Uh, in. <laughs> in 20 yeah exactly when i finally, <laughs> when I finally decided to share my finally. truth with the world but when ocean ocean came out i had suffered this like breakup and birthday baby found its way into my psyche and it i was like i'm feeling this is so so weird to say this like however many years later but i was feeling you know like a teenager again in the way that yeah. the music was touching me yeah the way that it was like helping me cry it out and helping me like get stronger through just, uh, there's like two lines, uh, which at this moment escaped me. <laughs> uh, a girl must tango alone, you know, oh. uh, that whole idea of it. I don't know. It was really, uh, she's still doing it. She's still yeah so deeply embedded in healing her own sorrow. Yeah. That it, right. uh, it has the added effect of, of healing, helping others to sort of jump into the experience. So I think that is also something very interesting about her. Sorry. And I, and I know we're almost out of time, but the, the nature of her sorrow is actually sort of exquisitely not, I won't say universal because it's not like um, cheese puff eating secretary. I don't, it's like, the, the, it's like that everybody, <laughs> sorry to say cheese puff eating secretary. Just, <laughs> I was just on a plane back to Oregon and there was a lot of just, just really just horrible people on it. But, uh, but her sorrow does have a universality to it because it's the sorrow of adolescent rejection sort of still, even to this day, or of a feminine melancholy that is very far reaching and like is not, it's not an eccentric sorrow. Mm -hmm. It's the sorrow of heartbreak. Yeah. It's the sorrow of adolescent heartbreak and a wish for beauty, a longing for beauty. I was going to say queer, but I think that feminine melancholy really nails it because I think that, I think that all queer people have that feminine melancholy. Yeah. <laughs> so it really is. Uh, it's, it's there. It's there. Well, let's, we'll play us out with birthday baby. <laughs> <laughs> we can all cry. <laughs> we can all cry. But I actually, would you say uh, in conclusion that it's been a good year in Tori? It's been an incredible year in Tori. And my favorite remix is Macy Rodman's Swimming Pool. <laughs> 40th drink. <laughs> okay. And uh, here we have a mashup. Of Universal acclaim. And birthday baby. <laughs> <laughs> kind of beautiful. Okay. 
Well, thank you so <laughs> much, you so Efrain. Much for us. Thank you for having me. A true friend of the show, and we uh, love you, and we love Drive All Night, and we encourage everybody to take the plunge. Take the plunge. Yeah, get on their Patreon, listen to 24 Hours of Steve <laughs> Payton. <laughs> oh, I should release the unreal. Yeah. Release I should the whole thing. Release the Katen. Release the cock. Well, happy new year, Efren. Let's hope that 2024 at least has something for us to celebrate um, on the Tory front. Fat chance. Fat slut. At least we'll have strange little girls on yes. drive all night. Oh, I can't wait. That's can't what wait. we're looking forward to in 2024. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And thank you, Efren.
Just when I thought I had enough Why you made me sitting on these two or three shots I'ma show you how to turn it up a notch But you get a swimming pool full of liquor Then you dive in it Pool full of liquor Then you dive in it I wave a few bottles Then I watch you all fuck All the girls wanna play, they watch I got a swimming pool full of liquor And they dive in it Pool full of liquor I'ma dive in it Drive All Night is a production of the Sideways Society. For more information and links to things mentioned in this episode, please visit us online at songsoftoryamis.com.